What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Boston Celtics select Jason Tatum from Duke University. Round of the break for the Celtics. Goes around the world. Oh, the circus game in a Boston. Walker for three. Kemba Walker from downtown. Tatum drives down. Let's throw it down. Wow. Rebound. Gordon Hayward for two. Gordon Hayward with a corner crash. No block out. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Geno Time Podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We are brought to you by Bet Online. My name is Tom Westerholm, Celtics beat writer for MassLive.com. I'm joined by Nicole Yang of the Boston Globe. Nicole, how are you doing? You know, Tom, it's a beautiful day out today. I went for a nice long walk, and now I'm back in my apartment alone. But okay, so <laughs> things are going well. <laughs> how about you? Uh, we don't have air conditioning in our, in our house, uh, so we're just sitting inside feeling spicy. So we're going to talk about um, whether we think this season has an asterisk on it, a couple of other things. But before we do that, we want to do a special promo here. So Nicole and I are in, well, Nicole is in possession of several bobbleheads, and several of them are Jason Tatum. And we want to give one of them away to you guys. So here's what we're going to do. And we, we started this with our last episode. Shout out to anyone who responded to that one. Um, but what we're going to do is we're looking for reviews and ratings on our iTunes. So what we want you guys to do is we want you guys to go on our iTunes, leave us a five-star rating and a nice little review. And after you do that, tweet that at Nicole C. Yang at Tom underscore NBA. At the end of our last episode, we set it up so that to keep it kind of secret, we said tweet an avocado emoji at us. If you guys want to still do that, please feel free. If you, uh, if you want a Jason Tatum bobblehead, Tweet at us, send us a photo of your review, and we will enter you to win a Jason Tatum bobblehead. And if you win, we'll DM you. If you can include the word avocado in your review, you get two entries. I'm not entirely sure why we did that, but whatever. Yes, two <laughs> entries if you include the word avocado somehow. So, yeah. So if you guys are interested, Jason Tatum bobblehead, leave us a rating, leave us a review. We really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, Nicole, you want to, uh, you want to talk about, uh, Jalen Brown, who doesn't seem too excited about, uh, the, uh, coronavirus situation and, uh, Orlando. So I think this is a really interesting discussion. So Jalen Brown tweeted just like half an hour ago. This is Wednesday afternoon right now. He said, what are the long-term effects of COVID-19 asking for a friend? Fantastic tweet. In my opinion we don't know what the long-term effects are. And we're starting to see a little bit with people that tested positive and were symptomatic and now are noticing additional problems or uh, subsisting issues. But we really don't know the long-term effects of coronavirus on one's body. And that's particularly concerning for an athlete. Of course. And so... Jalen also tweeted in addition to that, he said, there is not a clear or definite response for the physical long-term effects. 
And I think this is interesting because Jalen is a vice president of the Players Association. He has been on the majority, if not all of the calls about the resumption of the league. I wonder, and I hope he has voiced these concerns because in his CNN appearance, I feel like he didn't really say these things. And he has been active with voicing his concern about the virus. He wrote the op-ed. It's amazing how well his IG story from the night the league was suspended has held up. Everything he said in that is still true. But I'm curious if he has voiced these issues to the Players Association, to the league, to Michelle Roberts. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just wonder what stage he's at with his own thoughts. For sure. And I, I mean, I feel like this is something that we're not hearing a lot of from any of the players. Like, it, you know, we, we hear about concerns about family. We hear about concerns about testing, like from league, that kind of thing. We don't really hear players saying like, what if I get sick? I think that's such a legitimate concern that these guys aren't really, you know, maybe, maybe some of, maybe they are, and maybe we just don't know about it. Maybe they're having all these discussions internally, but I mean, just from the reporting, I don't feel like this is something that enough people are talking about is like, Von Miller said that he felt like he was going to die, like he was scared. And like, that's a guy who was in peak physical condition. And Jalen is also a guy who's in peak physical condition, but you can understand why he's got these concerns when, you know, this is, this is something that could really affect their livelihood. Like imagine if somebody got COVID and their lungs had scarring on them and they, they couldn't breathe as well. Like you draw a lot of breath in a, in a basketball game. Like I, I just, I think that he's really smart to be really thinking about this stuff. I, I'm with you. I hope he's voicing this with Michelle Roberts because this is kind of a major issue that I feel like not a lot of people are talking about. Well, hopefully there are more people besides Jalen raising these issues behind closed doors. Obviously when the league is leaking reports, they don't want to leak the reports of what if a player gets sick because they don't want that to sort of be a topic of conversation because if that is, and it is a big issue, like the worst case scenario, that could be catastrophic for the league if a player were to get sick. So I get why maybe those reports aren't coming out, but I hope that it's something that's being taken into consideration seriously And everyone seems so focused right now. Like, I think I saw another report about like, oh, some teams are upset about the accommodation if all 30 teams were to go. And it's like, why are all 30 teams even going? Right. And I think, you know, we hear a lot of discussion about format. You know, we hear a lot of teams that are like, this isn't fair because, you know, X, Y, or Z. Those are all very, you know, legitimate things that you need to talk about and that the league needs to talk about. But it feels like we're kind of skating over the big one. which is, this is a virus, like you could get sick, bad things could happen. So it is weird to see that concern, which feels like it should be the primary and like the biggest concern. It feels a little weird to see that getting skated over when we're talking about stuff like how the the round robin tournament might be formatted or something. Right. And again, to give the league the benefit of the doubt, I don't think maybe it's getting skated over. We're just not hearing about it because- Obviously, again, they don't want to like leak those conversations. Yeah. But it's really tricky. This is like a really difficult thing to talk about. And it's a really difficult thing to navigate. So I feel for them. But the thing is, is it just they have and I guess it's not an easy out because of how much money they would be losing. But they could just shut it down. And the (laughs) thing is, is like, so the NHL, Gary Bettman, the commissioner of the NHL yesterday, sort of laid out their plan to resume. And they said for statistical and historical purposes, the regular season's over. 
he laid out how they're going to have hub cities. So not just one site like Walt Disney World for the NBA, but they're going to have multiple hub cities and they're going to do like a round robin thing. So he laid out all of that. And at the end, he said that it's possible the Stanley Cup could be happening in the fall. Mm. depending on when they start things up and when the timeline really gets going, which they did not release. They didn't release any sort of timeline, but they said that they were prepared for it to extend as deep into the fall. For me, it's like, okay, at that point, that's when the regular season would normally be starting. Why don't we just wait then and then just start the regular season if we're dipping that far into the year? And again, format and scheduling is secondary to health and all the other concerns with resuming the league but it's like okay say the league is coming back why you know what i mean like at this point it's like why don't we just scratch everything and start again i mean i I, and i I think the answer is just money like they you know and that's kind of depressing but i think that i think that's what it is i think that like I think that both sides are motivated by that because the players know how much money they'll lose in the salary cap and the owners know how much money they're losing out of their wallets so like it sounds simplistic, but like that really is the only explanation that makes sense because, you know, we've been saying this for, for like months now that it, it makes the most sense to shut it down. And I think the first podcast we did, I was just yelling, shut it down for like 20 minutes. So yeah, like, I think it's that, that clearly is not really one of the considerations at this point. And that, you know, that's fine. They do have to make a lot of really difficult decisions, but I guess to bring it back around, I am glad that there is somebody in a position of power within the players union that is making some noise about safety that should be the most important thing. And I don't think it's going to be. That's what I think is kind of depressing about this. I don't think that that is the primary concern. I think that it is a very major concern, but I, I mean, just the fact that they're doing it before, and I know, I know this sounds extreme. I know how extreme this sounds, but just the fact that they're doing it before we have a vaccine tells me that safety is not the number one priority. That's a decision that the players and the league together have to make and, and they can do that. But I, I just think that that's the case. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, Bet Online. NASCAR is back, and Bet Online has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get in on. You can still bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events 24 7, or you can participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness style NFL simulation tournament you can enter for free. And live right now on Bet Online's YouTube channel, you'll find an exclusive interview with ex Chicago Bulls Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they're calling the final dance. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. So one thing I thought we should probably talk about is the idea that the NBA might reseed before the playoffs. And there's a lot that goes into that. The Celtics basically would be the number five seed. Um, The teams that have made the postseason would be reseeded one through 16 based on record. And that would put the Celtics at fifth. Ironically, they would still be facing the Sixers in the first round. Their path to the finals actually looks pretty similar, in my opinion. There's been a lot of hand-wringing, you know, on sort of the Celtics internet between Twitter and uh, a couple of articles that were written about it. But I personally, I just don't think it's that big a deal. Because, like, it does get harder. Like, there's no question. Their path to the finals, if everything kind of held out as we assume it would, would be the Sixers, who are tough, the Clippers, the Bucks and then the Lakers, you know, in that instance, the only difference is that they swap out the Clippers for the Raptors. So for me, it's like, yes, you would rather play the Raptors and the Clippers, but I just don't necessarily think that's that big a deal. Yeah. I mean, it's still a pretty big swap to play the Clippers in the second round, I guess just like 
moving back a little bit, why would the NBA do this? Well, I think because it's something they've been considering experimenting with for a while. And right. It, it's funny because it's like, on the one hand, you think to yourself, well, if there was ever a year, it was this year since everything else is messed up anyway. But on the other hand, it's like, there's already going to be asterisks on this season somehow. And the more you mess with the format, the more asterisk there might be. So I kind of see it from both sides. But I mean, I, I think they would just do it because this is something that they've considered. This is something they've wanted to try. If this year is going to have an asterisk anyway, then maybe if this doesn't work or if you don't like this, then you can just throw it away for next year. I, I don't know. I just, I'm just trying to come up with an explanation as to why they would try this. I think one of the biggest hurdles with experimenting with a 1-16 through 16 reseeding in the playoffs in a regular season is just the travel, is that the Celtics could potentially be traveling coast-to-coast as early as the first round. And right, obviously yeah. that factor is eliminated here. But because that factor is eliminated, I feel like it doesn't actually give you a real indication of what this would be if they were to implement it in the future, if that makes sense. Unless they were considering doing right, like right, a right. neutral site or something along this, these lines every year moving forward. So I'm just trying to think of why they would implement that, like maybe ultimate chaos, which just seems kind of flippant and like silly when this situation really should be like minimal chaos in my opinion um and just try and have like everything like really locked down so personally in any given year i like the eastern conference and the western conference i feel like that's a way to renew rivalries that's a way to build rivalries like i mean the celtics will play the sixers which is great if they weren't playing the sixers i would be bummed because i would want to see that matchup and i feel like fans would too so i'm just trying to think of why the NBA would do this for sure. No. And, and to be clear, I, I think it's a dumb idea. I, I wouldn't do it. Um, my, my, my point is, isn't that they should do it. My point is uh, that I don't think it would change the Celtics path that much, but to your point, I think you're exactly right. You know, I saw a couple of people on Twitter sort of downplaying the idea of rivalries in the playoffs mattering because people want to see a good game. And I just, I don't agree. And maybe it's because I cover a team and I've been watching a team for a long time that has real rivalries. The Celtics have rivals. <laughs> like, you know, if they if they played the Sixers, if they got to the finals and they played the Lakers, I mean, those are real sort of rich historical rivalries. And I think especially the one with the Sixers really could build into something cool over the next, I don't know, seven, five, seven years, whatever. It would be a shame if we lost that. Celtics, Lakers, there's nothing like it. But then yeah. Celtics, Sixers, past three, however many years have been great to watch yeah. and to cover. And... I feel like we're reaching that tipping point where Philly Sixers finally won the regular season series for once. And so we're reaching that point where, okay, is it Philly's turn? And you have to want to see that. I think that's, that's always going to be my argument against reseeding. Like even if the Celtics and the Sixers weren't matching up in the first round, if they're both good, they might meet in the second round. And if they're both good, the rivalry is more likely to be good. And it's like, I think the Celtics too, they want to see how they're going to contend against Giannis. Obviously, yeah. they'll take any path to the championship no matter what. I feel like that's what everything builds up to is like, okay, like how will the Celtics match up against Giannis? I mean, I, th- I think regardless, I kind of like the way it is. I like teams that have like a lot of beef with each other. I like teams that have like history and are going to go at each other's necks and all that kind of stuff. So I, I really enjoy the way it is. I do think you kind of mentioned it before, but I, I just – do you think that, it, that it's, like, drastically different, you know, for the Celtics, like, playing the Clippers? Like, I'm not 
I picked the Clippers to be the champion before the season. I still think they Same. could be, but I'm not convinced by them at this point. Like, you know, they, they've got really, I mean, amazing players. Kawhi is going to be different in the playoffs, but like, I don't know. They, they had problems this year and the Celtics were pretty good against them. I mean, the Celtics were good against them, but again, I just think playoff basketball is so different. I think that, like, also my answer could actually be slightly biased because Kawhi is my favorite player. But <laughs> I just think that the Clippers are going to be so, like, just so good. Probably, yeah. Like, they're going to be, because I feel like <laughs> with them, health is a, always a concern. Like, sure. that's not going to be an issue, presumably, now. They have experience. They have a deep bench. The Celtics bench, I mean, was a huge talking point as the season was coming to an end. And nothing has changed, obviously, in that aspect. So, as the season, which is yet to be finished, <laughs> was coming to an end two and a half months ago. <laughs> Sorry, that was just weird. <laughs> you know what I mean? They were scoring I do. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, four I do. points per game. Yeah. And so, I just think that they have the superstars. And yes, Jason Tatum was electric in that game against the Clippers and contained Kawhi. I've seen Jason Tatum do that one time. I've seen Kawhi look incredible so many times. So I'm not ready yes. to just give the Celtics the benefit of the doubt there. I'm more inclined to give the Clippers the edge if you're using those as examples. So, I mean, overall, it doesn't change a ton, which is probably refreshing for the Celtics that they would play the Sixers, that they can, at least for the very first round, like I think we've seen quotes from – Brett Brown and Elton Brand that the Sixers are already like game planning for the Celtics and doing deep yeah. dives and stuff. So I'm sure the Celtics are doing the same thing. So at the very least that their planning can be limited to one opponent to start, which must be refreshing in some way. I mean, there's no guarantee that the Celtics are getting out of the first round. If there's any team to be more thankful for the shutdown, it's probably the Sixers. One, because if the season doesn't resume, they're just like shit show of a season just sort of like ends. <laughs> And two, if the season does resume, they either can turn things around, which would obviously be ideal for them, or things are still, like, the shit show continues, but they're like, oh, it was the shutdown. Like, we'll find next year. Like, they can come up with a way to, like, talk themselves out of it. I don't know if that will save Brett Brown's job or anything. I do think that there is something to the idea that, like, look, the Celtics' game plan against the Sixers is to try to make Joel Embiid work and to try to wear him down. And I don't know what kind of shape that guy's going to be in coming out of the quarantine. Like, he might be in great shape. He might not be. Um, We've seen him not be in great shape before. And when he does that, he runs three-point line to three-point line. And that is really tough for the Sixers because they need him to be protecting the rim and they need him to be uh, destroying people in the post. I'll be fascinated to see it. I thought that the Celtics, their last win against the Sixers, I thought that they showed a lot of kind of cracks in, in, what, the, uh, in what the Sixers can do. But be interesting to see. That first game was insane. Thinking back to the season opener. Every time I think about that game, I mean, that game was wild because I really, I thought the Sixers were everything that we thought they were going to be that game. Like, I was just like, oh my yeah. gosh, they're going to – they're going to win 60 games, and they're going to score 60 points in every one of those games. Um, you touched on it before. Would you put an asterisk on this season? I mean, I feel like you have to. Whether or not I care that there's an asterisk, I don't know. I think I don't care, to be honest. But I think you have to. There was like a two-month break in between the regular season and the postseason, and it still seems undetermined whether they're going to even – play more regular season games so the 
final seeds potentially could have been different depending on how the final 18 regular season games planned out had the season been normal. I mean, but in like a lockout year, you know, it yeah, would but be, you maybe... know, you know, when it's ending in the lockout year. Sure. But you also missed out on, you know, 15, 20 games at the start no, of the no, year no, that, but... that could have turn things around too heading into a lockout year though you know you know when the end is coming so you know how much time you have to like get your shit together and to like yeah move up they had no like the blazers had no clue that they wouldn't have this time to make up ground so it's not so much i don't care if they played 82 games or 66 games it's just like the abrupt ending really yeah yeah okay so so i would say two things to that one the Blazers had 60, you know, I think, I think Windhorse pointed this out on his podcast. The Blazers had like 65 games to prove that they are better than the Memphis Grizzlies. That is a very representative sample size. And even though they didn't know when it was going to end, they still had that big representative sample size to prove it. They didn't. And so I'm kind of just like, if you wanted to be the eighth seed, you should have been better than the eighth seed. That's like, true. And I don't disagree with that. I just still think there needs to be an asterisk because like the conditions technically aren't the same sure but the conditions are never the same i guess my greater point and the reason i wanted to bring this up and, and kind of get into it a little bit more is like if there's going to be an asterisk why are we doing this they're like oh we have to crown a champion okay but if there's going to be an asterisk next to it why do we need to crown one like if everybody is going to agree that this champion is like a fraudulent champion somehow or you know if you don't want to use fraudulent if everybody agrees that there's going to be an asterisk next to this champion there's no point there's no point in doing this. Like they just shut it down. Like I've been saying for two months for real, I don't think that there's a point in doing this, you know, besides the obvious financial ones. But if you're just doing it for financial, Damian Lillard just came out and said that if the, basically the teams that weren't going to make it into the playoffs were getting dragged back in, he didn't want to play. And like the only reason to bring teams back that aren't going to make the playoffs is for money. So like if there's going to be an asterisk, I just don't see the point to crown in champion. Going to what you said about Lillard, I was confused by why he said, I'm going to sit on the bench. If you're not going to play, don't come at all, in my opinion. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, like, I mean, is he saying, like, if all my teammates are going to expose themselves to potential risk of this virus, I am too. Like, that's, like, admirable, but also, like, epidemiology-wise, it's dumb. <laughs> like, well, if you're going to go, then you might as well play. Right, exactly. I don't care if he goes or stays, but it's just like, if you aren't going to play, you shouldn't go. Otherwise that defeats the purpose of you not participating. Right. Yeah. No, I, um, but, I agree wholeheartedly back to the asterisk thing. Do they care about the asterisk? I guess is the point. Like, I feel like sometimes it's like an echo chamber and it's more like media and historians are like, Oh, like there's going to be an asterisk, but I don't know if players actually would care. But time after time, we've seen that the players are in that echo chamber too because Kevin Durant went to Golden State, won a title, everyone told him it wasn't good, and now he's still pissed. I really think that most of these players are in the echo chamber with us. Like, it's an echo chamber, but it is the NBA echo chamber. Like, it is because the media sets the narrative in so many ways. Like, the fans help the media set the narrative in yeah. so many ways. It really is this circle that everybody's included in. So I think the players care because, like you mentioned, the historians, the historians are the ones who are going to write about these players, and the players want right, the historians to note right. them so yeah for legacy I guess, stuff i mean exactly it's an interesting point it's all just so complicated um i think a couple of nba reporters have mentioned this idea of like a group stage and like a round robin type thing and like how those stats will be incorporated into like either regular season or postseason stats 
I think that there's going to have to be an asterisk. Whether or not people will care about that, I don't know. See, for me, I'm not going to, if they're going to play it, I don't think they should put an asterisk. I really don't. Like, I know that it's all different, but like, you know, who cares? Like, who, who sets the asterisk? Like, I mean, I don't think that there's going to be a literal asterisk yeah, 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 in yeah. the record books or anything. I don't think that they're going to do that. I think it's just when people are talking about it, they're constantly going to have to make this like little addendum like, oh, but that was the season that this happened, blah, blah, blah. But we could all just collectively choose not to do that. Like if there's I mean, not going to be an actual happen, asterisk, but... probably, but I'm just saying like, if there's not going to be an asterisk in the record book, that like we should all just decide that this counts. Like if it counts, it counts. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And like, like whoever wins the championship is presumably still going to get a banner. They're presumably still going to get championship rings. That's a title to me. I, don't I know. mean, I guess it's still a little too early too to say. Like if they do yeah. traditional Eastern Conference, Western Conference seven game series, then maybe there won't be an asterisk. But it's if they start to like mess around with five game series, with the group stage, with the one through sixteen seating, then it's really hard to argue there shouldn't be one because then like literal things change even outside of the break. It's like these formats have really changed and it's, it's different whether the asterisk actually means anything like it is different compared to any of the other championships in the past 10 years. So sure. But the last 10 years aren't all of NBA history. Like, do you think that, and I would respect the argument if you said yes, but do you think that Bill Russell's championships have, cause it was a drastically different NBA that were like, however many yeah, NBA that's teams. More, that's were. more just the evolution of the league. That's not like the league messing with things intentionally. Well, no, they did mess with things intentionally because they added more teams and they added a three-point shot. Like they, they made intentional. Right, right, right. Get- but those, those were permanent changes. Like if the sure. league is moving forward with this, then that's, that's <laughs> sure, right. different. That was a change for sure. That was an intentional change, but like they stuck with it. Yeah, I get that. I, I just think that like if you look at it from a perspective of like, so the league is like in this situation, the league is trying to adapt to a bad situation. Mm -hmm. And because they're doing that, like they don't really have any other options here, but to do, you know, like a bubble and to have everybody in the same place. Like you, you just, you can't do it. So like if the league is doing what it can and the players are doing what they can, I guess I I don't, I don't see the need to have an asterisk. I don't think an asterisk needs to have a negative connotation. Hmm. asterisks don't always mean like it's negative like it's sure. just to denote they, that it was a little different that something was off I think asterisks in sports maybe have that negative connotation because of like oh like Barry Bonds use steroids or something of right, that nature yeah. in real life asterisks don't it's just like another place where you can add a little bit more information or context really to what was going on so I don't think yeah. having an asterisk is a bad thing it's just like this was a little different you know, that, that's a solid point. I guess the, my last point on it would be that in, in NBA history, there have been obviously like the argument against an asterisk is that there are always things that are different. There are always things that, that went wrong. So, that, you know, do you put an asterisk next to the Warriors championship in 2015 because Kyrie broke his knee? Do I mean, that's, an, that's no, but in the, no, I agree. I agree. So, you know, do you put an a, a asterisk next to the Raptors championship because – the, the Warriors like fell apart. Like probably if the Warriors are all healthy in that series, they win that championship. But, but circumstances happened that changed that, but they were circumstances that were out of the NBA's control or out of the Raptors control or out of the Warriors control. So you don't put an asterisk next to it because the Raptors won based on the scenario they have. 
So that would be my argument in the same way with the Disney situation is like, it's, this is not, the NBA did not decide, okay, this, you know, this time we're going to try doing it in Disney world. Cause maybe it'll be a better product. They did this because of circumstances outside of their control, which are the coronavirus and they have to keep everybody isolated. I think those things, are I don't kind think of you similar. can equate though an injury with a completely different playoff format. I guess my point would be the completely different playoff format is also due to health. It's also due to like circumstances outside your control, but nobody is forcing the NBA to come back. Well, yes. That if the NBA is going to come back, then like that's yeah. the thing. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't think equating an injury is similar to the circumstances. Really, injuries are an accepted part of the sport and of the game already. Whereas, but this would also be an accepted coronavirus. Part of the sport. This is like a historic pandemic. Agreed, but we're all, but like if the NBA is coming back, we're all accepting that this is the best way no, we can do it. But like the, then you would have to say literally everything has an asterisk. A pandemic is not like an accepted part of the sport. We are adapting to it and like adjusting accordingly. Yeah. Injuries are going to happen. That's just impossible to have perfect conditions. I don't think it's a bad thing, but you just have to note like these were actually played under different circumstances. And then also that's an argument against switching the format. Don't switch the format. It's stupid. I don't get why they would do that. I really don't get why. Like, yeah. I just don't see why they would do that for this season. I have no further thoughts on the subject. That's all <laughs> I have. I agree. <laughs> yeah. So. All right, guys. Well, we'll leave it there. Thank you all so much for listening. Once again, if you're interested in a Jason Tatum bobblehead, make sure you leave us a rating, a review, screenshot it, tweet it at Nicole C. Yang and at Tom underscore NBA. Do something avocado related. We will DM you if you win. So thank you guys for listening and we will talk to you on Monday. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.